Here's Rooney with a turn. Rooney goes for the extraordinary. Oh, and it's an unbelievable goal from Wayne Rooney. Downing keeping it in. West Ham appealing for a penalty for a challenge made, I think, by Darren Fletcher on Kevin Nolan. Rooney's in the box. Kagawa two. And Rooney with the easiest goal he'll score all season. It was almost a ricochet. Yeah, I mean, I was complaining about the free kick on James Tompkins, which I've uh, had a look at, which is still, I'm 100% convinced that the that Lee Mason or the assistant referee should have gave a free kick before Wayne produced that unbelievable bit of skill. You have, and to be honest, I've tried it quite a few times in, throughout my career, and um, I haven't been lucky enough for one to go in, but today, thankfully, um, caught the keeper off his line and it's gone in. We didn't find enough quality to break that eight or nine down in the end to get ourselves a clear-cut chance. And uh, in the end, uh, the opposition have beat us and, and, and deservedly so. Hello and welcome to episode 25 of the Knees of the Brown West Ham podcast. I don't know why I'm excited, because... <laughs> it's 25! Yeah, I mean, it's great, it's great to have you back listening and joining us, but I mean... Christ, <laughs> what, a, what a miserable time. Four wins on the bounce and now three defeats. But good news, because we've got great guests for you on this episode, the 25th episode of the second series of the Knees Up Mother Brown podcast. Firstly, uh, a man who I haven't done it, I thought of anything this week. Uh, just James Longman, just James Longman. No, that's enough. Great. Yes, that's just enough. A, just an all great guy. TV's James Longman, just an all around great man. To a couple of thousand followers. Welcome back. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and for a hat trick appearance, I think. I mean, in terms of feedback we've had on guests, I think Chalk, you were up there with the one, the, the man that people seem to love the most, Chaz. Yeah, yeah, you and Chaz. I think you know. You know, and now you're here for your hat trick appearance. Welcome to the show, Chalks. Thank you very much. Nice to be back. Um, you've done very well on previous appearances, so um, I look very much forward to you. Maybe this will be the one where you let yourself down. <laughs> yeah. Or like you just no, shit not. yourself. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Thanks for that. <laughs> Fucking hell. Need pop swearing out the way. Uh, excellent. So that's who will be joining us. Uh, but we're going to be talking about Man United 2 0. Oh, that was good, wasn't it? Oh, we're going to talk about that. Uh, Hull at home on Wednesday, that's a massive thing. And then we'll talk about relegation. I think we've mentioned relegation on this podcast, but we'll talk about that. Uh, other West Ham news, Ravel, Cockney Hammers, um, fundraising thing. That's a, it's a badge. That's he's a got, badge thing. It's a badge thing, reference. Okay. The fundraising is a, a separate Separate item note. on the running order, I've just noticed that. And we'll do predictions, but the headline act, the one you're probably here to, here to hear from... Big John Hartson. Big we'll Johnny H. Big Johnny Hartson, Super Johnny Hartson, and also Graham Hallett. The less uh, <laughs> <laughs> Poor old Graham. Editor-in-chief of Nisabella. Super Johnny Hartson. <laughs> and Graham. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what this show is going to sound like. I think we've, that's appropriate amount of billing. That's inappropriate. That's good. Was it you that set up the Jaxi? <laughs> Oh, the junction, that was my joke. That was, uh, James is famous yeah, for stealing my jokes, but I will like In your that. mind. <laughs> Shall we have some feedback? Estuary, listening now, loving this George fella, plenty of sense. Yeah, a lot of love for Big George. Big George. Yeah, a lot of love for Big George. Claw Hammer, excuse my pedantry, oh, oh some criticism of Big George here. Yeah. Excuse, excuse my pedantry, but Big George is incorrect about Rio and Fat Frank winning the FA Youth Cup with Adam Newton. Rio and Frank played in the final we lost against Liverpool. It was the Joe Cole and Carrick team that beat Coventry. Amazing night. They only, they only sold tickets to the West End and 20,000 plus turned up. Amazing. 
Great times. Uh, on West Ham, brilliant ex-player knowledge. Where are they now with regard to Simon George Mann? He, he knew where everyone was. Encyclopedic yeah, knowledge. Did, didn't he? Yeah. That was like... Uh, as in freakish. <laughs> yeah, it's wrong. Really. <laughs> <laughs> it's like he turned on the computer and had CCCV footage of every ex-player. I know. We always should it was have sinister. What we should have done is asked him what, ha- what <laughs> happened to that missing aeroplane. He probably <laughs> wanted that. Is that, is that a joke about that? Probably not. Leave, let's leave it in see what happens uh, Witters Jesus listen to this on, oh, listen to this on a flight watch out we listened to this on a flight for the Man United match not for the first time this season I enjoyed the podcast more than the game well that's not hard is it no but that made me really happy but yeah. I'd like to find an equal balance where you enjoy the podcast as much as the game that'd be that'd be the best it's that'd coming, be the ideal yeah. it's coming it's coming it's cumbing that's a little pun there alright yep um, okay, we've got some more feedback here. Scott Turner in the United States of America wanted to pass on an interesting story that happened just this morning. He saw a replay of Rooney's go- first goal against West Ham on the local news station in the States. He says he never thought West Ham shirts would make it onto the American local news station. Wish it was in a better light, though. Also, if you have a moment, check me out on my podcast on iTunes called Keeping the Tradition, which is a review of MLS matches and some Premier League news. We'd love a shout out. There you go, James. There you go. Molest matches. <laughs> MLS um. where they molest a football into the goal <laughs> soccer net um, a big shout out to Ian Woodcock who has tracked down Marco Bugers Marco Bugers is a technical director at FC Dordrecht right and I've got an email address and I've emailed that email address amazing and said Marco Bugers please you come on here that would be awesome uh, I would just have no idea what to expect no. but let's find out he might reply might reply. We'll get round to it, like we do with Johnny Arson. Is it something simple like Marco Boogers at Marco.boogers at caravan Caravan and Homes. Dot geocities dot dot net. Lastly, um, we've had Bluegrass Hammer. Just wanted to pop in and let you know that I love listening to the podcast uh, from my medical school classes in Lexington, Kentucky, USA, or med school classes. I've assumed that's medical. Yep. Yeah. Really is lightens the mood before I go to learn about all sorts of interesting and oftentimes nasty shit. Keep up the good work. Thank you very much for getting in touch. And you can get in touch by using our red hot email address, podcast.kmb.com. There you go. Right. Red hot. Red hot. Bouncing. It's so full, it's bouncing back. Yeah. I had to clear out the old inbox because there's so (laughs) much in there. Fighting through. This Nigerian president (laughs) had £10 million for me. Four lotteries I've won this week. I haven't bought a single <laughs> ticket. Uh, let's talk about Man United away. Oh, no, no. It's Sorry. not Man United away. No. Man United at home. But, uh, and away. Sh- yeah. Equally as shit. <laughs> Fuck my old boots, Chilks. Uh, that was crap. What do you make of it? I didn't think we did too bad, to be honest. Jesus. Yeah. But it's, it's all quite predictable now, isn't it? Mm. Um, I think Tompkins was a bit of a pussy mm. for that challenge, you know. Big centre backs. That's a wingers challenge. We spoke about wingers last time I was on. Yeah, fannies. Yeah, yeah. Tomkins was was a yeah for that challenge. He should have, you know centre back. He should he shouldn't be doing that. You know it was it was quite embarrassing really. I think he's, he's probably a bit embarrassed about it himself. Just the way he got kind of nudged off the ball and yeah, really got the fight. Yeah, the goalkeeper didn't cover himself in well, glory I mean, either. The way he sort of <laughs> where he, he right. fannied around trying Absolutely. to get back to the goal. It was a little bit comedy. My, my problem was everyone's going Rooney wonder goal he didn't lob no, the keeper he wrong footed no. him which yep. is a joke when you're talking about the halfway line yeah this goalkeeper for me hasn't 
Uh, he had that spell where he kept all those clean sheets. Mm. And I didn't. I, I never got involved in that bandwagon that was saying he's this great new goalkeeper. You know, he's a bit. Of, he's going to be a legend. He's kept four or five clean sheets from the spin, wherever it was. Most of them fucking hit him, you know, and, and yeah. went wide. He's not. He, he's a backup keeper for me. Oh, that's interesting. I mean, that's the first criticism we've had of Adrian on this podcast, James. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to get slated for this, but for me, he's just a backup goalkeeper. He's a backup. More. He's a number thirteen, James. Yeah. You agree? He, uh, I you think love him. I do yeah. love him. Yeah. I do love him, but I love the character. Yeah, and w- constantly with uh, consistently of West Ham characters you love. They're often a bit shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, they are, aren't they? Yeah, they are. Um, I, yeah, and he was kind of. <laughs> yeah. he, it was like you could have put Benny Hill music on, and he kind of ran yeah, in. The fact he ran away from it for about three yards. It was really and then odd. Maybe lost it. Maybe lost it. But goalkeeper, you know, one of the the main things to teach a goalkeeper is your positioning. So. Yeah, if a goalkeeper's off his line, I mean, you know, you're not going to expect a shot from there. So Rooney, I, I don't like him, but it was a, a good shot. You've completely thrown me now. <laughs> just all I did was tell you to speak into the mic via <laughs> the medium of sign language. <laughs> um, that wasn't a yeah, speaking ba- to the mic sign. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, a goalkeeper, a goalkeeper's taught yeah. positioning. Mm. So the way he sort of turned around And he, it, it was almost like He didn't know where he was mm. And he just ran around As you say like Benny Hill It's because he wasn't Expecting just like, it was it That's mm. completely he, was, yeah. he wasn't expecting it So he wasn't concentrating I mean You know Possibly being a little bit Overcritical But He sh- he, he shouldn't have He should have done A little bit better with it But kind of in his defence I did think he made Quite a few good saves Like I, I kind of felt That when Like towards the end We were like But just before they scored The second goal I thought Well you've done enough now To kind of make up for that Because he made One or two really good saves he, I Yeah thought. He does but he, he, For me he just never looks comfortable Or maybe I don't feel comfortable <laughs> with, with him with there him. Yeah um, But have we ever felt comfortable Since Rob Green I, like, I don't think I've never felt comfortable With UCS Galantin no, I started to with Yuskalina. Really? But yeah, but I think I just think he's too old. Yeah, he's far too old. So I got uh, some stats from oh. WHU stuff, and it's UC versus away. Adrian, and this is before Man U. So goals conceded, uh, UC's twenty-four, and Adrian's fourteen. But uh, UC's played eighteen matches to eleven, but it's one point three per game. So exa- exactly the same when goals conceded. This was before Manudo. And just in terms of shot saves, UC is 73% and Adrian's 78%. So there are some, you know, statistics which say he's just ahead. It, I think they'd also say he's got a backup goalkeeper written all over him. <laughs> yeah. And to be fair, he's in goal when we, we took those thrashings, wasn't he? So, I mean, that's yeah. going to destroy True. your average. Um, Leveling yeah. in two games, and to be fair, yeah. played bloody good in those games. Yeah, <laughs> but maybe I'm, I'm maybe I'm completely wrong. I mean, <laughs> so I'm as a defender, it. who would you want behind you? Would you rather have Adrian behind you or Yusi behind you? I think I'd rather have Adrian because mm. he seems more vocal yeah. and more in control, and weirdly more mm. passionate. And I feel as a player, I'd rather have that behind me. And Yusi, he doesn't mm. seem overly vocal. No, and he doesn't yeah. tuck his shirt in. But you're right. I did start to warm to Yusi, and I started to start the season actually, and I really started to like him. But then. Adrian kind of he seemed quite he, he, he seemed he, he went for a really solid spell and then there was that you know that massive clangor at Norwich yeah and it all seemed to go a bit tits up for yep. him it was that wasn't it mm. and and it did seem as though Adrian had been chucked in to play the hard games to keep Yaskalainen's confidence up but he did okay and it was almost like he was kept in yeah 
because he'd done okay, I wouldn't be at all surprised if he's dropped again. Really interesting. It wouldn't surprise me personally, no. Okay. Um, and very quickly, I just want, before we move uh, further on into this match, I just thought, I agree with Chalks, Tompkins was so weak. Ugh. You know, I know yeah. it was a nudge. He gave the ball and arguably, arguably, it should have but it's so weak. It was such mm. a slight nudge, and it was a bit pathetic. And Nine times out of ten, Rooney, as t- Rooney actually said after match, he would have skied that any which way. But he just yeah. is the one time he got on target. It's a fair amount of luck. There's a fair amount of instincts. Mm. You know, and good on him for having a shot. But it was just weak defending, wasn't it? Yeah. It was just... I, and the complaints. We were really complaining about that shelf. You're never going to get that given in a million years. It's not, it wasn't no. a foul. No, he just... It's just like, it was an excuse, really. He, 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 he just needed to man up with that. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got, to, he's got to either clean Rooney out or hold his ground. Mm-hmm. If that was and a bounce didn't. outside of Brentwood nightclub... And you know, if, if you have a look <laughs> at it, I don't, <laughs> I don't think that any other West Ham player appealed for a foul. I don't think. Mm-hmm. I think... Oh, Col- Collins is just behind him. Quite a few commentators actually said... I was reading somewhere today that said it was a foul. Really? Um, I was being on the camera, they went, pussy. Uh, but Collins didn't look like he appealed for it. Nobody really appealed for it because no, it was so it wasn't, slight. It wasn't. And it was, you know, winger, yeah. Big centre-back. Yeah. How old is he, 24, 25? Yeah. Yeah, it shouldn't happen to him like that. No, no. It mugged off. Um, let's, I mean, let's talk about the game as a whole. I think uh, quite a few people on Twitter and elsewhere were saying it was one of the most kind of turgid affairs we've had in a while. <laughs> did, did, you think it, we, did you think we deserved nothing from it? It's difficult, really, because of that that goal. I thought we actually started quite well, mm. and the goal really knocked the stuffing out of us. But then we came back at them a little bit, mm. and then you know the second goal was a fluke, wasn't it? Yeah, you know it was a clearance, and it's just hit him. You might say that he adjusted his body to finish it. Oh, he definitely did. If you watch it, he did adjust. I don't, you know, it's right, that is this the Rooney fan? Yeah, no, I, I dislike him. because he's, he's, he's picked up on two terrible bits of defending from us and mm. scored, and that's what you do against oh, I class dislike players. him too much to, to think <laughs> that he'd actually have the decency to have any kind of instincts. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was a te- I, but we didn't really, I thought it was a terrible performance. We yeah. didn't, um, we didn't take advantage of the fact that they had so many players out. Yeah, you know, I mean, our Carrick playing at centre back and ended up looking like he played a world class game of football when we really should have been. Didn't test him. Really. We didn't. We didn't, did no. we? You know, it's hard to think of one decent chance we had actually in the whole match. Like, it's hard to think of. Well, there was Diarme had a classic, lovely little run. And he passed through when he just had a chance to toe poke it yeah. Yeah. in, oh, cool. and he yeah. went one yeah. more and just yeah. missed it. Yeah. Just completely missed the ball and just gave it to him. That is the kind of the one chance we can remember. I'd and Carol Header, yeah. but like what, what I found really frustrating about the footballing brains of some of our players is Downing had Raphael's number. Yeah, yeah, you know, and he got booked he was on ten a minutes in, after, yeah. and we know that little pikey fuck. <laughs> You'll get stuck in one in. He'll get sent off. So in my mind, Downing keeps doing him. In my mind, keep getting a ball over him. Get past him. Get him sent off. You know, he's going to do something rash. But uh, we didn't send the ball anywhere near no, him for the rest of the match. I, th- I can't understand why should have done players that. don't think yeah. like that. I mean, I thought it, after that 10 minutes, even my 10-year-old said straight away, well, that's him sent off. Yeah, because yeah. he always just, does it. Yeah. And, mm. and surely that I said get down, because Downing's yeah. got the got the better of him every time so get it to down and get past him yeah. but no it, it rest of the match you're barely near him he must yeah. have thought this is easy well, I'm a bit disappointed really that Jarvis didn't start because it's <laughs> you know Jarvis and Downing should be on those wings Diarme for me just he's more of an impact player than anyone yeah 
he mm. doesn't ever really you you never get a 90 minutes from him you don't really get a 60 minutes from him but what you do sometimes get is if he comes on as a sub you get that impact from him and he'll come yep. on and, and he'll he'll, yeah. he'll be a difference yeah in fact this guy who emails us from America MSK said DR has to be the most frustrating player on the team he always makes some great runs but inevitably fucks up the final ball yeah. shot then he goes missing for big patches of a game yeah. and he does mm. it's so frustrating but the general passing was so dreadful yeah. Yeah. for the whole match yeah. it was, really it was so dreadful yeah like, they, we probably didn't put two passes together. Even when there was an attack in the first half where, I think it was Matt Taylor, where it was kind of four on three. And he only had to square it yeah. right. And he gave it straight to the yeah. defender. Yeah. And that happened all through the match. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we've given Man U, arguably our weakest team for years, the two easiest games yeah. this season that they'll get. And everyone's get saying now, are oh, they back? You know, that's the <laughs> performance Moyes yeah. wanted. It's because we let them. That's yeah. what's so frustrating. That's upsetting. what's that's what it insipid. Was it? It, it said on the website, yeah. it's insipid. Yeah. And we should have been right up them, you yeah. know, for that match. And we weren't. And we just yeah. let them win. We let them yeah. win. I thought so. I thought it was the worst performance uh, from Everton and what was the game after that? Stoke. Stoke. So I thought that was the, that performance was the worst one of the three. I thought two of those three performances. I think we, we, the, oh, we could have got results Stoke. in those two games. Yeah. So it's, it's a little bit frustrating. But uh, so let's move on and talk about our next game, which is Hull. I mean, Chilks, how important is this? I was looking at our fixtures today. And yeah, well, yeah. I've got them here. So we've got Hull at home. Sunderland it's a bit worrying, isn't it? I really? mean, then Liverpool at home, Arsenal away, Palace at home, West Brom away, Spurs at home, City away. That's There's four matches easy. there. There's four matches there. Arguably, we could win. Yeah. And we have to. If I was <laughs> Sam Allardyce, I'd have everyone sat around your laptop and I'd be pointing out at that whole Going game. through his history. <laughs> <laughs> I, I lent the laptop to someone on that day. I don't know what that's that how, is. That's how Glitter got done. <laughs> but I would, be pointing, I, I would be pointing out Wednesday night yeah. is be all and end all. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they, they say about cup finals, but that is a cup final game. Absolutely. Because if we lose that, which I don't think we will, I think we'll smash them. Yeah. But if we lose that, then we are in shit street without paddle because yeah. Sunderland will be buoyant for when they play us do you think Sunderland are going to be buoyant or is the Arsenal yeah. now this season didn't they lose I yeah. think if we lose Wednesday night I think that they are going to be mega up for it because they'll be going they'll be playing a team that's we're lost ready. four on the spin yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. if we beat Hull I think we're safe yeah yeah we're very close and it's the only reason we are close is because there's so much shit in this league yeah <laughs> that's the only yeah, reason it's a bit of a Zola close. season isn't so it there's a lot of shit it is then. results we need two I think we need two I think it'll be as simple as that but we're just getting them yeah, <laughs> yeah. but then you look at it I know I mean the worrying thing is obviously Man, Man City away last day Tottenham I don't really see them being much of a threat um, what's <laughs> <laughs> West Brom away I think we'll probably beat yeah. I, although these are going to come on the back of what is going to happen really in the next couple of games if we lose against Hull struggle at Sunderland we're going to be on a really bad run yeah. then we've got Liverpool and let's face it Liverpool are unfortunately are smashing anything that's in front of them at the moment Yeah. then we've got the Gooners um, Chaz's favourite team <laughs> Yeah. and you know all of a sudden we could be going into that Palace game Needing it, I mean, and we don't we, want to have do a desperation to win. Do no, we don't because they they'll come and park the bus, and we can't play against teams that park the bus. No, so it's all down to Wednesday, but we will smash them 4 0. Really, job done. <laughs> um, yeah, 
Well, I mean, uh, well, James, I mean, what's, we'll do predictions at the end, but what's your, how, what's your feeling about the magnitude of Wednesday night's game? Well, it's, it's big, isn't it? And I don't ever like playing Steve Bruce sides. Because you, you hate his plastic. I've got a fear about space. Steve Bruce as well. I've got a fear about his face. No, I've got a fear me about sinking him. into it. <laughs> I reckon he, I, and I don't like to say it. Don't say anything libelous. I reckon he's going to be our next manager. That's not libelous. Is it? Oh, no. I'm going to have to I, I've rethink heard. my plasticine <coughs> face jobs. I inferred Chris Hewton, isn't it? They're meant to love him. Yeah. But no. I don't know. I've just got a feeling. I've got a feeling. But he's not, it's horrible to say, he's not as bad as we all think. No, he's is not. Is he as a manager? But no, he's not. And I always also think he's that... He's just a wanker. Yeah. He's not as bad as a manager. But I've just got a feeling he's like going to be our next manager. Didn't they have him at Birmingham? Uh, yeah, they did, yeah. And, and good, isn't he a bit of a... No, but didn't he do them over? Didn't he leave? Yeah, he does everyone over, doesn't he? That's they the fit, thing. Out with him. Anybody offers him more money or any, <laughs> or, or any step up and yeah. he's gone. And I can honestly see it happening. Really? Yeah. yeah. Man, you. Sorry. It, would you be up for that, James? Yeah. Be a, it's like my mate's a Knott's Forest fan and Warnock today got old Colin Wanker a fucking redneck I was like oh you poor bastard he's <laughs> not got a terrible record at the championship though Warnock you teams. don't want him there do you no you don't want him anywhere no um, I don't know it's, Hull won't be easy especially it's all about whether we can handle Long and Yelovich isn't it up Long, top isn't it Long Long is a little he's that little Bellamy-esque Long is a player that we should yeah. have gone for troublemaker <laughs> Yeah, he is. He definitely is. Yeah. Mm. Um, and that's if we can handle those guys. Uh, uh, again, uh, West Ham United stuff said um, he reckons Reed and Collins to start. He says that's first hand on Wednesday. First hand information, Reed. Yeah. Who's that from? Uh, it doesn't say, but he says um, this has come from Big Sam or someone close to him. He wants three things from the last eight matches survival, most clean sheets in the league, and to play a role in the title race. So, by play a role in the, chart, in the title race, I, I mean, assume he means get points gonna, off get of points. Liverpool City. Yeah. No, it's going <clears> to <throat> bend over and get fucked by Man City <laughs> yeah. on the last day of the season. <laughs> yeah. That's what it'll be. <clears throat> so, yeah, watching the sidelines as they collect yeah. the trophy. Um, so yeah that's pretty interesting actually because, uh, but then he has we have to play a role in it if we're going to get any mm. points aren't we yeah. so it's, it's kind of standing obvious but it's quite interesting isn't it? <laughs> I quite <laughs> like that that's a thought in his mind yeah. that it's not just survival it's about actually affecting the rest of the division actually playing a role in life yeah actually having a reason to exist in this league I'm, I'm, I find that really shocking that that's his three what were you expecting stay up and that'll be it <laughs> play a role in the title race weird thing to that's just a face. yeah but I think that's a, that's a, that's an almost psychology thing isn't it to think mm. it's not just about survival it's about more than yeah. that to finish as hard as possible that's what I always talk about isn't it to finish as hard well, as possible because you get more money yeah, yeah. I mean it's, at the end of the day it's, it's, a lot of money. it about a million pound each place I think that's, it's even more than that these days yeah I think yeah uh, substantially more, more yeah. so he said Wednesday's priority is a clean sheet if that comes he says we have a decent chance of winning the game Reed and Collins to start I mean we spoke a lot haven't we about um, Tompkins and Collins and and uh, we've always kind of gone Collins or Reed, and maybe we should be thinking the, wrong, the other way well, around where Reed and Collins if uh, Saturday's anything to go by Tompkins is the one to go isn't it well yeah it wasn't just his um Fanny in with that goal it was his passing that passing was shocking, shocking you know yeah. he played that one ball across yeah. the field I know so it went straight to Matt Kagawa or yeah, that one, one of them oh, one yeah. of them oh he was, yeah, he was getting it from me in my front room but on the other hand ever since West Ham Matt's pointed it out I've noticed Collins just chucking the ball forward every time like he doesn't 
Well, he does. That's what he does. He gets in the way and then he moves it forward. I know. <laughs> Don't give but West Ham any credit like that. <laughs> no, but ever since he said it, I'm like, yeah, I'm not, he does do it all the time. He never, no. like, but Tom no, Kidd, you're no, a grenade no, in the room there. I'm going to have to say something insightful now that you're going to go, oh, chalks, fucking hell. Go on then. Uh, I'll, I'll think about it I'll tell you later <laughs> <laughs> I've already said 4-0 Wednesday night. that's insightful alright okay fine um, so I mean let's quickly have a quick relegation update uh, Chalks are we going to go down no how confident uh, what percentage of confidence do you say that with 100% well that makes me feel better Fulham and Cardiff have gone for yeah. me Sunderland um, Sunderland have got Liverpool this week and they're gaming one of their gaming hands, <clears throat> another gaming hand is Man City. Yeah. Who so they don't Yeah, games? Norwich have got a horrific uh like no team at the bottom. Yeah. Is a very good exception no. the yeah. bottom ten. Who wants rubbish. games in hand when you're shit? <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, when yeah. you're losing game week after week, it doesn't yeah. mean anything. Yeah. We did we got those four wins in February yeah. will will potentially keep us up. Yeah. Obvi- I mean, yeah, I think it's gonna a lot of it's gonna boil down to Wednesday night. Yeah. Um, James, how confident are you feeling? About yeah, I'm game? confident we'll stay up. I just think we'll come to the end of the season, we'll go, this has been a dreadful season. Yeah, it has been. Unless we think. Full shittest. Full shittest. Yeah. But uh, I think we'll stay up um, and thank the Lord for February. Really? <laughs> yeah. Such a bad time. Yeah. But do we think, like, um, let's just talk about Big Sam quickly. It, this season, in my mind, was a bit like the Zola one, where we stayed up, mm. but it was crap. And then at the end of it, the, the, uh, the David said, okay, Zola. Thanks very much. Go, and then we got Avram Grant. Free stay up. Look how well that went. <laughs> but like, I think, I think. Do you think Big Sam's in trouble? Even if we stay up. If we stay up, I think he's done his job. Yeah. I know it's, you know, and you look at the forum; it's pretty much fifty-fifty split. But if we stay up, how much money has he had to spend? Okay, he did spunk a lot of it on on Andy Carroll, who's yeah. been injured. <clears throat> But he really has been scraping around. You get to the end of the season, we've got so many players who are out of contract yeah. that can be fucked off and got rid of. Yeah. I think if we stay up, I think he probably deserves a chance yeah. to have a bit of a war chest, go out and get his own team. And, he, and his past teams have played football. That's true. He's got a reputation within the press and that filters down to the terraces and then everybody mm. says, oh, big soon, big lump. JJ Okocha's your Kaev, thank you very much your uh, Campos yeah he, he's he his reputation isn't one that should be stuck to him I don't think okay um, that's interesting I wasn't expecting you to say that that's interesting I didn't swear that's why <laughs> Uh, that's insightful it was insightful that's that better than West Ham Matt's comment that was, <laughs> that was some of the <laughs> best punditry we've ever had on this podcast actually um, James do you want him to, would you have him stay yes I, yeah, I agree actually I think I'd give him another season I'd give him some money spent I think he made a massive mistake last summer regardless of what mm, we say yeah. they, they all made massive mistakes not getting a striker we all know that would he make the same mistake again I hope not this summer uh, but I think with a little bit of money at times we've seen glimpses when we're not mm. tr- just trying to survive. We've seen glimpses of good but, stuff, but we need a season where we're not constantly trying to survive. Yeah. In, in defence of that, though, where you say, you know, last summer we made a massive fuck-up with what we did. When we signed um, Carroll permanently, was there... <laughs> You'd say nine out of ten West Ham fans were absolutely chuffed to pieces. I was over the moon. That I was player. over the moon. And it was a massive, massive coup getting him. So, 
you know, who could foresee what was actually going to yeah. happen? He, Allardyce couldn't foresee that. that was yeah. a, it was a great signing. <clears throat> and as, um, is it Major that goes on the forums, constantly mm. points out, he's on a six-year contract. So six months out on a six-year contract is jack shit when it yeah, comes yeah, down yeah, to, yeah, the, sure. to the nitty-gritty. Yeah. If we get the Andy Carroll back... The, the Andy Carroll back. Oh, right, yeah. The, <laughs> the, 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 you know, the end yeah. of last season's Andy Carroll were well, the Andy Carroll that we know that there is within With, that player. Yeah. And we start to see glimpses of it, then we will be a very bloody good side. Mm. Yeah, we need the reinforcements around him. We need to be able to change from that one-dimensional play. Yeah. But we haven't got the players at the moment. Mm. Give him the war chest, he'll do yeah. it. Let's see what happens. I'm just going to quickly throw in these stats again because oh. it's quite it's relevant. You're gonna, is this your? I think is this a, like a new character you've invented yourself? No, it's this, this guy's brilliant okay. stats. Okay. Uh, WHU stats. So essentially, he said, and this is quite interesting actually. West Ham have only won 29% of their Premier League games in which Andy Cowell has scored. They've won 77% of games in which Nolan has scored. So Carroll, essentially that's saying Carroll scores very unimportant goals, consolation goals, whereas Kevin Nolan often scores the winning goals. Have a think about that. I don't think that means anything. It's not very insightful. (laughs) 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 West Ham Matt said it. And I think that is quite quite interesting. Right. But what... so essentially, he's saying that he doesn't score the big goals. You know, he scores a consolation goal. He'll yeah. score one against when we get stuffed by Stoke. Mm-hmm. But Nolan scores the big goals. So it's, it's interesting how it all works out in terms of that, in terms of that world. Mm-hmm. So relying on him isn't the answer. It doesn't really mean anything. It doesn't mean <laughs> I think it does. Do tell, you, tell us what you think. You, just, said just, it. just tweet just tweet us or podcast at KMB. Do you think that stat means anything? That Nolan, <laughs> that Nolan scores more important goals than Andy Carroll. Winning I'm goals. Not, winning goals. I'm, I think a goal's a goal, isn't it? It doesn't matter who scores it. It's just how, that's well, correlation. No, yeah, but then you I mean you're saying that, but Andy Carroll scored the first goal at Stoke. Yeah, that could have been an important goal. It, it could have been an important goal. It yeah. wasn't. Yeah, but it should have been. It's not his fault, is it? No, it should have been. No, I'm not but saying it's Kevin his fault, Nolan but it's based that. on facts. If, if Kevin Nolan had scored that goal, your stats would be up the shit over there. Yeah. If it had not been back. Yeah, so no. Wheels within wheels, this. Well, joining us now, we've got the editor in chief of Knees Mother Brown, Graham Howlett. Welcome to your podcast, Graham. Hello, chaps. Good to be back on again. Yeah, good to have you. Two pieces of news, really, we want to focus on. The first one, Freddie Sears. Freddie Sears, yeah. Um, well, wasn't it lovely? He's got uh, he's got an absolute belter at the weekend uh, for Colchester, and uh, a, a twenty-five yard effort, um, which happens to be his eighth goal of the season. Um, as we know, as we know, unfortunately, Freddie would never ever. A prolific striker for us, mm. and, and it's, it's something that. Well, I mean, uh, after he made the first team, obviously, um, when he was first emerging through the youth team, he was, uh, you know, he was scoring goals for fun and also with the reserves. Um, but uh, you know, unfortunately, it, it, it's just a, a tradi- traditional story, really, wasn't it? It just didn't really translate once he uh, once he got into the big time. But obviously, you know, the, the move he, he went down to Colchester two uh, two years ago. And um, he's, he's doing okay, you know. He, he's not uh, he, he's not um, taken well by storm. I mean, I think in his first season he scored mm. um, eight goals in thirty-seven appearances, which you know, okay, as uh, his first season. But, but this year he, he's been a little bit more prolific. I mean, he's, he's got uh, seven, you know, in, in twenty-four 
um, so far. So it is pretty much on a one in three ratio. And uh, while that's not going to have any Premier League scouts banging on uh, banging on Colchester's door, at least he's he, you know he, he's, he's managing to uh, to score a few goals at last, which, which is interesting. Well, but one fact which um, I thought was quite interesting about Fred is that. You know, he's 24 now and he's never scored more than one goal in a game. He's never managed to score a oh, race or a hat-trick or anything. Yeah, which, which, is, which is quite uh, strange, really, considering, you know, how, uh, how talented he was as a, as a striker. But mm. uh, I think I think we all wish him well. He's, he's a West Ham boy, you know, he's from yeah. Hornchurch. And he, he's one that came from our ranks and I'm, I'm sure we all um, remember um, fondly that, uh, that, that day in 2008 when he made his debut against Blackburn and... <laughs> And scored that winning goal with a diving header, and we all thought we had the new Tony Cotty on our hands. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> as, as is often the case, it, yeah. it, it you know it didn't prove to be. But uh, yeah. no, it, it was lovely to see him. And, and there is a video of him scoring his latest goal on the on the homepage of KUMB. If anyone wants to check in and, and just see how he's doing, nice one. Yeah, we will do that. Well, also, I thought probably the most interesting piece of news to come out of last week for me, I thought, was Thomas Repka, who said he intentionally oh, yeah. gave away a penalty. Well, this is a bizarre story. Well, I mean, it, it's not really actually because <laughs> he, he, he's, got, he's got a book to sell. So, I, I, you know, obviously he's looking for a, a, a relatively controversial angle. But yeah, if I, I'll, just, I'll just fill everybody in on that for anybody who wasn't aware of the story. But um, Tommy was um, his final club um, was a was a club called but I can't even pronounce it. Actually, you can look it up. I check. A, 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 check, a check club, a check club, uh, a check club. <laughs> <laughs> but, but or something like that, and that, that's clearly going to be wrong. So my apologies for any uh, Czech speaking um, podcast listeners we have. Um, but uh, yeah, apparently he, um, he he was playing for for for, for, for this club in, in 2012, and as an act of revenge against uh, the president of his previous club, Sparta, uh, a guy called Daniel Kretinsky. Um, Repka admitted to uh, conceding a deliberate penalty wow. um, in, in the game and uh, subsequently uh, against a, a, a club called Liberec who were uh, fighting Sparta for the title that year. Um, it, it didn't have uh, too much of an effect, I guess, on that specific game in question because um, Liberec went on to win 4 0 in the end. Um, but they did pick Sparta to the title by two points and, you know, obviously, subsequently, if they, if they hadn't won that game, um, the chances are that uh, Sparta would have, would have won the league. So I, I guess Tommy was was um, left laughing longest uh, with, with that one. But it's you know, I mean, it, oh, yeah. But it, it was a, it's, it's a funny one. And I mean, even when he was with us, I mean, Tommy Tommy Ratke, he's football marmite, isn't he? You know, <laughs> there was a, there was large swathes of us, and me included, who. who I quite liked him and then there was just many people that, that thought he was an absolute liability absolutely but I mean you know you, you look at the statue he was first choice under Broder um, Trevor Brookin and, and Pardew um, he made 188 appearances 188 appearances for the club um, so you know you've got to be reasonably talented uh, to, to play for the club that long but yeah I mean for anyone who does um, speak Czech he's, he's got a, a new biography out um, called uh, Rebellious which is the follow up to his first autobiography which was called Rebel so uh, that's an imaginative um, work (laughs) 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 so apparently the the, the new biography is a continuation of the the first book and uh, for those with 249 Czech uh, Corona in their pocket you can can, uh, make that your own but um, there is unfortunately no English translation as far as we're aware and there are no plans for for, for that to be published so we're never going to know exactly what happened unless I bet that book would be good 
I think so, don't you? Yeah, I think mm. it'll be a great read. I mean, especially to, to hear, you know, Harry got on in England. I mean, because he, his whole career was just was farcical, was it really? Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. And he will always, he will always split opinion. Some, some people always, you know, appreciate him, and some will just think he's he was a complete liability. But you know, that, as you say, that's that's West Ham from and through, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Cheers, G man. All right, fellas. Have my ego. Speak to you soon. Yeah, have a good one. Cheers. Bye bye. Bye bye. So if you were a West Ham fan between February 97 and January 99, there was likely one name on your lips, that of our next guest. 73 appearances, 33 goals, with 24 of those goals in 42 games in the 97-98 season. Welcome to the show to your debut, Super Johnny Hartson. Good evening, guys. Thanks very much. Nice intro, that. Yeah. <laughs> those, we consistently get the stats ever so slightly wrong. Do they, do they sound right? <laughs> I think that was right, yeah. I think wow. so. Wow. But, uh, 33 and 71, I think. Did you say 71 or 73? Se- oh, I said 73. 33 oh, right, okay. There might have been two substitute appearances. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, it's, it's quite funny, actually, because I work with an Arsenal fan, a Wimbledon fan, and a Celtic fan, and it seems like every fan of every club you play for seems to love you. And I say even West Ham especially, certainly everyone I speak to. I mean, what do you put that down to? Why do you think it, like, all the clubs you play for, everyone seems to love you so much? Well, it didn't always seem that way, if mm. I'm honest with you, um, throughout my career. You know, you have, you have good times and you have bad times, but the one thing that I always gave, you know, was, was 100%. And, um, you know, I was very privileged to have had the career that I had and to have played with the players that I, that I did. Mm. You know, and if I'm being totally honest with myself and if I'd have really knuckled down and if I'd have sort of bought into the, maybe the training methods and, you know, and maybe looked after myself a little bit more. I mean, physical. I was, I was in decent shape, but I just feel as if um, there were times where, you know, I maybe chose to go and have a few beers, where I, I might have chose to a bottle of water or something like that. Mm. And, you know, but at that particular time, you know, you act the way that you do um, because, you know, that's what you feel is right at the time. But I, I feel I probably could have gone on and achieved even bigger things in football. If I had just tuned in slightly to the diet side of the game, maybe the mm. likes of the Rio Ferdinands and the Frank Lampards, you look at the careers that they have had, that is mainly because of their attitude and the way that they've adjusted their diet and their fitness. You know, and ability-wise, I was right up there. You know, mm. I, I had lots of talent. I had good feet. I was good in the air. I was aggressive. I could play the game. I knew the game. You know, I, I mastered the role of being the number nine, if you like. and. Mm. You know, that is not sounding big-headed. That is me, what most people will tell you, that John Hartson was a very good football player. Mm. But if, if, if I tuned in, as I said, like one or two other professionals have done, you know, maybe I could have gone on to the Uniteds or played abroad because, you know, I possess the ability, you know, the natural mm. ability, which, which a lot of footballers don't have. They actually work hard at. But I was born with a gift, I believe, and, and sometimes I, I maybe took that gift for granted. Mm. Well, I mean, when you were at, at Arsenal when you, when you signed for West Ham, um, and Arsene Wenger, I understand, he had like very kind of strict re- regime. Did you work well mm-hmm. with that regime? Yes, I did, yeah. And if you look at me, you know, when I was 19, 20, 21, I was in great shape. You know, mm. I, was, I, was, I, no, I was in good physical shape. Um, you know, but... There was a bit of a drinking culture when I went to Arsenal, you know, where you had Tony Adams who, mm. who came out publicly and admitted he was an alcoholic. And I, I think Tony's been clean ever since. And obviously you had Paul Merson that checked himself into a priory. So Paul came back into the training 
uh, at that particular time when I joined and it was all Paul had a counsellor with him on a daily basis you know sat next to him on the bus travelling to away games so it, tend, it tended to basically stop when I went to Arsenal maybe if I joined Arsenal a, a year prior you know when the boys were full blast I might have ended up in the prior with Paul Merson <laughs> but um, you know the fact was you know Arsene Wenger came in and he changed it all around and you know, we, he he would go. He would take a stretch in, and you know, after games and sorry, after training sessions, he would sit in the middle and we'd all sit around him, and he'd you know he'd go through you know the repertoire of from the feet right the way up you know mm. to the shoulders, and he he would sit there and he would and if you look at the likes of or even talk to the likes of Wrighty and and the skipper and and Merson and these guys you know and Lee Dixon. They will tell you, admittedly tell you, that Arsene Wenger put two or three years on these players' careers mm. because they tuned into that side of it. And I think Wenger, you know, we have a lot to thank Arsene Wenger for because he was one of the first foreign coaches to have come into the to the English game, the Premier League, and he changed quite a lot in terms of the diet, diet mm. and in terms of you know the players warming up and warming down. And I think that was mainly you know one of the biggest things that. Hmm. Arsene Wenger needs to be um, we need to be thankful for Wenger for yeah well, well in February 1997 you went from Arsene Wenger to Harry Redknapp he comes knocking was West Ham a tough sell did he really have to sell it into you well I wanted to play you see and the thing was at Arsenal I, you know I was doing okay and you know Wenger put me and Whitey up top a few times with Dennis Bergkamp just sort of in that number 10 role in behind us and and then I think the start of the 97 on Towards the end of '96, you know, I think Wrightley and Dennis started to play together more often, and they they formed this unbelievable partnership. And I found myself, you know, it was a lot more difficult to break in then um, because Wrightley and Dennis were leading the Premier League charts in terms of the goals, and their partnership was fantastic. And they were arguably two of the best in the world at that particular time. You had Dennis Bergkamp, you know, number nine for Holland, and Wrightley was the England number nine at the time. So. It wasn't a shame to be out the team behind them too and Wenger actually wanted me to stay and, and, and work and you know and learn off these guys but I had Harry Redknapp on the phone, you know, Harry can be quite persistent when he wants something. <laughs> and he was saying to me, Look, John, you know, you'd be perfect for us. You know, we get plenty of balls in the box to you. He says, I'm signing another striker tomorrow, which I didn't know it was gonna be Paul Kitson. Mm. He said and he says we'll we'll play around you. He says, I'll build my team around you. He says, you're perfect for us. I was 21, I was hungry, I was young, I had plenty of spunk, I had plenty of energy. You know, I just wanted to go and play. And with hindsight, I could have stayed at Arsenal, picked up great wages. You know, I think Arsenal did the double in 1998 mm. under Wenger. So obviously I'd swapped that sort of period uh, to go and play at West Ham, which to my credit, I wanted to play. You know, mm. I think you train all week to play on a weekend. Um, and I wasn't prepared to sit on the bench and uh, so I went and played and you know I had a fantastic time early on at West Ham you know myself and Paul Kitson along with the other guys you know we had a great end to the season where we kept West Ham in the Premier League and then my next season was my highest tally in the Premier League 24 goals I think it was mm. 15 Premier League goals and, and 9 cup goals so I had a great time initially at West Ham mm. But, but when you first joined in February '97, obviously West Ham were in a, a relegation scrap. How confident were you that they had enough to stay up? I wasn't, if I'm being <laughs> honest. You know, I was joining West Ham. I was signing a four, four and a half year contract, and 
I never thought much of the relegation situation, to be honest. I just went in there, did my best. Initially, you know, we, we started out, me and Kits, and we, we, you know, we had a great understanding. We scored goals. You know, I remember we went up to Leicester and we won midweek and we beat, um, we beat Tottenham at home, which was a big game on my home debut, 4-3. You know, Dixie smashing in a penalty mm. right in the last minute. You know, um, we went to, I think we went to Coventry and won. We went to Leicester and won. We beat Sheffield Wednesday 5-3 at home. I think Kits scored a hat-trick. So, we hit it off straight away and we, we slowly started climbing the table and we avoided relegation, which was fantastic. But initially, I don't think I really gave it much thought. I was just concentrating, <laughs> I was just concentrating on getting in the side, mm. you know, scoring goals, playing every game, training every day, and just becoming part of West Ham and just be putting that cloud and blue shirt on, number 10 on my back. And I felt at home. I was made to feel at home. Harry Redknapp made me feel I was important to the team. I wasn't so next one in. Um, I wasn't waiting for somebody else to get injured or to get my chance. I was straight in the team, you know, and uh, I hit it off with kits and I started scoring goals and mm. the rest is history, as I say. Yeah, I mean, that, your signing with Paul Kitsons is often kind of used as a the template for a great, a great bunch of signings that save a season. Um, but with Paul Kitson, was it... Was it just that you clicked together, like you just your playing styles were just really well matched? Yeah, I think so. I think you know we were both quite intelligent. You know, Paul was very good at at, at going and and facing uh, the play, whereas at Arsenal I was doing a lot of that myself. But whereas at West Ham now I've got somebody that will also do that, so all the pressure wasn't all the pressure wasn't particularly on me when the midfielders are breaking with the ball. It was always me that was going to the edge of the box to try and face the play to give them like a target to hit. Whereas Paul was very good at that as well. You know, whereas at Arsenal, I was sort of the sidekick to Ian Wright or Dennis Bergkamp and I'd be doing the sort of donkey work, taking a couple of defenders out of the way to play them in type of thing. But Kitts was very good at that as well. He was ever so strong. He had an eye for goal. He played for a big club before in Newcastle, played with the likes, you know, under Kevin Keegan and these type of characters. So he was very good. He was better than actually than what I give him credit for. I'd only seen him for a little bit at Derby, Derby County, scoring some goals. But I'd not so I didn't think uh, he was as good as what he actually turned out to be. And he was a fantastic player to have alongside you. He would do the donkey work as well. He was physical. He could run. He was quick. And more than most, you know, he um, he could get goals as well. He was a great goal scorer. Mm. So, so we so we stayed up that for your, in your first kind of season. Then in the second season, we ended up finished eighth. So, I mean, what changed over that summer to, to go from this team fighting relegation to just being uh, one of the one of the top teams in the Premiership? Well, we had a really good side. You know, we mm. we were, we were quite settled. And if you look at the if you look at the the, um, the midfield players that we had, you know, we had little Al Berkovich, who I've no doubt that you'll go on to him once get my comments on that, which is no problem. <laughs> Al, Al, Al Berkovich, was a, he was a fantastic little mm. footballer. You know, he made a lot of my goals. He was very unselfish. And you had young Frank Grandpart coming through. You had young Rio. You had young Joe Cole. Mm. You know, we had Ludo McCrosco, um, which was, he was a fantastic goalkeeper, very vastly experienced you know, our full-backs with Dixie and Timmy Breaker at the back. Mm. We had Potsy coming with Rio. We had a, we had a player called Richard Hall who was mm. like head on a stick, you know. He was fantastic in the air. You know, and, and the wingers, you know, we had Stan Lazaridis who, who crossed the ball. We had Travis Sinclair, you know, middle of the park. You had Bish, Lomas, 
mm. um, myself, Kits, you know, and we had a good side and we had great team spirit as well. That was the one thing at West Ham. We'd all go for a bit, of, a bit of lunch together and we'd all play golf together. John Monker, you know, John would get mm. us on at Nazing where his brother was a pro. Mm. Um, and I was happy. I was happy in my home life. I was settled and in Hertfordshire, in Brookmans Park, with a young family, and mm. I'd meet up with Ian Dowie every morning, and we'd come in over Faden Boys, and you know, over Haynorth there, and Haynorth Forest, and then we'd come down, dip into into the training ground, and it, it was a really good period. I loved it at West Ham, and mm. it was a shame in the end, you know, when I left, you know, the way it happened, because I had a seven-year contract at West Ham. Mm. Wow. You know, people don't realise I had five years left to run. Um, Harry'd give me a new deal, and you know, I don't know much of it. He took himself, but uh, he certainly gave me a new deal. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you've touched on it. You've touched on it there. Like there was an epic bunch of characters in the team when you were there, including yourself. If I drop you a few names, can you tell me what they were like as kind of characters in the dressing room? Yeah, if we, of course I can. Yeah, we, I'll do my best. Okay, so firstly, Julian Dix. Dixie was great. Um, physical. You know, no nonsense, loved by the West Ham fans, a real sort of fans favourite. Probably the only West Ham player that I'd seen never to get booed by the chicken run. <laughs> they absolutely loved him. And I think there was a game where we got, where Dixie got sent off at, uh, just before half time. Mm. And we've gone in the dressing room with a goal down. And we've come out for the second half, and the crowd, the away crowd, are singing his name. There's only one Julian Dixon. Harry's looking around thinking, well, what can I do to that? You know, because <laughs> he really was, he could have done anything. Yeah. You know, he could have, uh, you know, he could have done anything, and the West Ham fans would have applauded. He's a real favourite. Mm. And it's a bit of a shame that he's not working at the club in any capacity. Mm. I'd love to see Jules back at West Ham, you know? Mm, absolutely. Um, Tim Breaker? Tim again, somebody who I knew from Luton. I came through the ranks at Luton as a as a teenager, you know, coming up during the school holidays, and it was Luton that I, that I joined as um as an apprentice at sixteen, coming up from Swansea in Wales. Tim was in the first team, so I got to know Tim a little bit. You know, obviously, I knew about him, knew about his character. He knew me. Um, good fallback, very reliable. You know, good engine. Good delivery, you know, he used to put a few crosses in from that right side, up and down all day long, you know, he'd work mm. really well with uh, with Trevor Sinclair. Um, and a great guy, but really quiet, but a good sense of humour, just a real good character, Tim Breaker, I liked him a lot, you know. Mm. Trevor Sinclair? Trev, uh, just a ball of fun, really, a bundle of fun, always laughing, always cracking yeah. jokes. A bit of a London boy, you know, back and forth into London and the clubs and quick, always had a different hairdo and um, <laughs> good ability, good ability, a good trainer, fantastic ability actually, Trev. Yeah. You know, he had so many things up his sleeve in terms of tricks and everything else. Um, but a great lad, always smiling, reminding me similar to Ian Wright, you know, at yeah. Arsenal and always bubbly in the morning, never comes in grumpy or... You know, you you hear right, you hear Trev before you see him, like you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, he's a real mixer, really nice lad, and good ability as well. Fantastic ability. Mm. Just a couple more. Firstly, Samasi yeah. Abu. <laughs> yeah, Samasi Abu again, uh, somebody who I sort of struck up a, a decent partnership yeah. with. You know, when kids had one or two injuries, 
he was okay, Samashi. I think he felt a little bit in my shadow, if you know mm, what I mean. Yeah. You know, I'd been the goal scorer, and he'd come into the side, and um, we never, we, we weren't as successful as myself and, and Kitson, obviously. But he was decent, you know. He was a decent player. He was strong. Um, you know, he never got that many goals, and but. You know, I've got to say, he was a nice enough lad. I'm not going to hang him out to dry. I've got nothing on him. I've, mm. I've never really been out with him, this, that, or the other. So, but he was okay. He was okay. Yeah. He wasn't the, wasn't the most gifted of players in the world, but he was strong. He went in there, he tried his heart out. Yeah. You know, and he was a nice kid with some ass, you know. Um, how about John Moncourt? We've heard a few John Moncourt stories. I think Ian Bishop gave us one a couple of weeks ago. Apparently he was called the Maggot. Can you shed any more light on this, John? <laughs> Well, have a guess. <laughs> you know, <laughs> how you produce four kids, I'll never know. But, um, but he was all right, Monk. He was all right. He was a bit mental, you know, but in, in, in good spirits. You know, he was the type of lad that he would just do anything to make the lads laugh, would John. Yeah. You know, he was a real sort of uh, joker in the pack, really, and... Uh, you know, there'd be days when it'd be freezing cold. It'd be like December the 28th. Mm. You know, there'd be like sort of foot of snow at um, at Chadwell Heath. All the lads have got their gloves and their hats mm. and scarves on and their big jackets would all run out to training. And monks would run out. Of, he'd run out behind us about 10 minutes later with a little Father Christmas around his old boy. <laughs> he'd, be, he'd have been stripped down to the bone. He'd have his boots and his socks yeah. down to his ankles and nothing else on. <laughs> and he would just run towards us and sort of dive in the snow, you know. He was just yeah. mental. <laughs> um, I'd give him a drink and he was even worse. <laughs> but I've got to say, I think he's sort of got his life together a little yeah. bit now, uh, John. And I think he's, um, you know, I think he's, you know, he's gone all sensible, which is great for him if that's what he needed to do. But again, great fun, great value. And, mm. and there was loads. There was there was a young lad coming through, Frank and Rio, and then you had Ian Dow. He, mm, was, yeah. old, he was like... Sort of brain of Britain, no <laughs> and, and you had Bish. You didn't want to be left with Bish, just you two in the boozer with Bish. You just wouldn't ever let you go. Bish just didn't know when to go home. Really? You know, you, it's, it's one of them. You tell him you're going to the toilet, and then he'd like slope away from you, you know. <laughs> but he was a great lad as well. Bish was a great lad, but good spirit, really was. I've got mm. really good memories of, you know, of, of having a crack with the boys and. And more than anything else, we were a really good side. You know, we beat a lot of good sides at Upton Park under the lights. You know. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, so so the following, so you scored twenty four goals in, in that I think your second season, but in the following season things didn't go quite as well. What? Why did it you start know, unraveling? Well, to be honest, I, I came back um, overweight. Didn't really mm. come back as fit as I should have done for pre season. And I give myself a bit of a mountain to climb. Really. I don't know whether I sort of rested on my laurels a little bit from the season before. Maybe I took it for granted that my place was just going to be automatic. Um, I think I finished one goal behind Michael Owen for the Golden Boots. Yeah. The, the 24 goals here I scored. And I was absolutely on fire. Although I didn't finish the season well, I can remember I had a four-game ban, mm. which probably could have took us into Europe if I hadn't been banned. But... You know, a lot of things happened to me, guys, when I was younger, which is a bit of a blur, to be yeah. honest, you know. Since I've played finishing football, since I've finished playing, you know, I've sort of, you know, I'm a father and I've changed and I'm clean and I don't gamble and I've got I've got kids, I live in Wales, I've got a beautiful wife and I'm working on the television and lots mm. in the media and when you're a footballer, you're in this bit of a bubble and... Um, 
you know, there were times that I thought to myself, you know, is this really happening to me? And so maybe I took things for granted. Maybe if I'd had my career over again, which I don't think I'd want it <laughs> because, you know, you, you just, you act up the time, you know, you make your bed, you, you, you know, and you, you know, you, you lay in your bed and you, what, what's the saying? Is it you make your bed, you lay in you it. it. You lie in it, yeah. Yeah. So it's like, well, there was times in my career where, you know, I thought to myself, is, is, you know, look at the career that I had, you know, Arsenal 19, you know, I'm from a council estate in Swansea, so mm-hmm. it's, a lot of people would struggle to cope with that, you know, Arsenal at 19, it was, a, it was a British record for a teenager, West Ham smashed their transfer record, Wimbledon smashed their transfer mm-hmm. record. I'm 23 years of age, I've, you know, I've broken three clubs' transfer records, and I'm still only 23, you yeah. know, so it's £15 million, pound, whatever the three transfer added up to. So there's lots of times, you know, I probably took for granted that where I was in my life and what I was actually doing and, you know, I was a Premier League star. I didn't really realize, you know, how famous I'd become overnight. And, you know, I tried to just sit in the pub with the lads. I'd go for lunch with the boys. And maybe if I sort of put that to one side and really appreciated where I was and what I was doing, but I always remained, you know, I wanted to be one of the lads. I wanted to be same as the boys at home that I'd left behind. Mm. You know, so maybe I took it for granted the second season at West Ham. I came back overweight. Um, I never really had a good start. But as the season got on, it got tougher and tougher, to be honest. Mm. I think there was high expectations of me. I never lived up to them expectations. I think we went out to Northampton in the in the League Cup. Yeah. Um mm. And then we lost to Swansea, I think it was, in the FA Cup, which was my hometown. Um, and obviously, in between that, I'd had the, I'd had the training ground bust up with Alberkovic, which, which I regretted. And I still regret to this day. You know, it's one of them incidents where I should never have done it. But I'm not, you know, I'm holding my hands up and I'm not trying to make excuses for what happened. I, I took the ban, I took the punishment, I took all the media criticism, you know, and I held my hands up and I said it was wrong. I should never have reacted the way that I did. There was no particular reason mm-hmm. for doing it. There was nothing to do with Al Berkovich. It could have been John Munker, it could have been Rio Ferdinand, it could have been Joe Cole. There was nothing to do with the player. It was just that particular morning it happened. There was a camera there and it was caught on camera and then the whole world sort of got to see it. Yeah. And, um, you know, the rest, as they say, is, you know, I dealt with what I had to deal with, but I, I deeply regretted the incident. And from then, I struggled to recapture any type of form um, towards the end of the season. And I think in the January, uh, Joe Kinnear came in with a, with a huge lump mm. sum of money. It was 7.5 million where you paid 3.5 or 3.2. So I'd scored a few goals for you. You were doubling your money mm. in terms of um, the transfer fee, more than doubling your money. And I think out of that money, you went and bought the Canio. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mark Vivian Foey, God rest his soul, and Scott Minto. So you replaced me with three players. You know, I went off to Wimbledon with great memories. You know, um, my sort of head between my knees in a way that I'd embarrassed myself, embarrassed my family, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of what I'd done with Alberkovich. And, and it was just one of them things. And then that's, that's basically my West Ham career. I think I spent 20 months there. Sort of 18 months of them were very good. Yeah. Great memories. I scored goals. I got on great with the lads. We had good spirit. And it just goes to show, you know, your, your life can change sort of in a blink of an eye, really. And within two months, we've gone out to both cups. 
Mm. I wasn't performing great. I'd had that embarrassment of the training ground incident, which was shown all over the world and mm. repeated. I'd been totally, you know, wrecked in the newspapers. Front page, this was front page stuff. It wasn't yeah, back page, it was front page. Wow. It was on News at 10, it was everywhere. So within that two months, um, it had all gone from sort of hero to, to zero. But the one thing from West Ham's point of view was that they got great money for me. Mm. You know, um, and I went to Wimbledon and as I said, but my memories at West Ham, you know, 95% of them are fantastic, you know, mm. great club and I always get a great reception when I go back there. Absolutely, yeah. Just the one question yeah. I'll ask on that aisle thing is how common an incident was that thing? Was it just that it was captured on camera? Is it the sort of thing that happens once a month or was it was it unique? No, it happens all the time. Yeah. You know, it, no, to that to that may be ferociousness. I'm not saying people kick people in the face, you know, <laughs> every day in training. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think that happens. But there are fights, yeah, you know, sure. there are punch-ups. You know, there are people grappling each other by the throat. You know, people will get punched in the face. People will get two-footed mm. in tackles. I played for Wimbledon and I played at Arsenal where tempers get out of hand, you know, mm. in training. And if there were cameras there on the side of the pitch, like there was with me at West Ham, then there would be a lot more incidents reported mm. and a lot more players, you know, um, you know, brought to justice, if you like, for their actions. But they're not. They're hidden. They're put away. You know, you look at the guy at um, Southampton, yeah. you know, the lads who, who've just been sacked. Yeah. Um, what's his name to send forward? What is his name? I can't remember. I can't remember his name. Alves? Alves? No. No, it wasn't. <laughs> he, he came over, I think he was £12 was million. Pounds. Is, there, is there a record signing, wasn't it? Yeah, I don't, I, I, there was reported in that he headbutted somebody. Now, if that's called on camera, yeah, then he's that's front, front pages. pages. Yeah, sure, you know, yeah. that's not, you know, that slipped under the radar, if you like. He got sacked. I think he now plays for Juventus, or he's yeah, gone somewhere. Yeah, yeah mm. so, but I'm not condoning what I did. I've held my hands up, I've took yeah. it on the chin. But, mm. you know, similar things happen, you know, and the problem w was with me, it was caught by Sky Sports. Yeah. And then, the like mirror. Bosch, you know, it was all out there and everybody sort of had their piece, you know, yeah. and it was one of them things. It's something that I've had to carry around with me, you know, for the last 20 years, really, 18, 20 years. Hmm. Nobody wants to talk about the 33 goals in 71 <laughs> games, and I, you know, how yeah. I kept wet. I'm up single-handedly on my <laughs> we own. We do, night. John. We haven't forgotten. Yeah, but nobody wants. You know, I know what he's saying, but yeah. people will go, "What happened to Abu? What happened?" No, yeah. But people just, but that's that's what it's like, and I've had to deal with that, and I'm fine about it. You know, yeah. I'll explain to like everybody else. You know, I'm sorry it happened. It was. You know, it was a regrettable incident, but hmm. it does happen. But as I said, to, to the extent of, you know, uh, how violent that looked type of thing and how violent it was, I wouldn't say that happens every day, but there are yeah. incidents. There are lots of incidents. I've been involved in football um, clubs and things where it's, it has kicked off. Mm. But obviously no cameras, it doesn't even get out there in the media, does it? Yeah, no. absolutely. No. So, so, I mean, you went on to you went on to have a great career after West Ham, of course you went to Wimbledon, Coventry, and of course a, a long period at Celtic. But I wondered where does West Ham sit in your whole, when you look back now over your whole career, in terms of like the happiest you were, where does West Ham sit in in your thoughts? It's, it's, it's right up there, boys, I've got to be mm. honest, it's right up there, because people often say to me, what's the best club you played for? And... I went to Arsenal at 19, it was a great experience, walking into that dressing room with the England back four and playing with the England striker at 19 years of age, you know, and the likes of Burkamp and Merson and, and Parler and Merson, they were fantastic players. 
I think coming to West Ham was great because I held my own. I held my own in the Premier League as a 21-year-old, banging in goals, starring in games, scoring winning goals. You know, being that number nine for West Ham, you know, the likes of, you know, um, Tony Cotty, you know, Jeff Hurst, you know, these great number nines down mm. the years that I played for West Ham. So I held my own there, but it's a shame I didn't do it for long, for a longer period. But no, great supporters, got on really well, had a fantastic rapport with them. And then I went on, you know, Celtic was brilliant for me. I scored over 100 goals for Celtic in five years. Played with Larson, you know, played with Lennon, Sutton, Thompson. Played in Europe, played in the Champions League, you know, in great, great grounds. And and then I went on, obviously, had a wonderful career for my country, Wales, as well. Mm. I over 50 caps for Wales, playing with the likes of the Giggses and the Speeds and the Rushes and the Bellamy's and the like. So, no, but West Ham is right up there. I've got really good fond memories of West Ham. That incident with Alberkovic sort of blightened that little spell that mm. I had there because it was something that I brought on myself. I'm not blaming anybody else, not even blaming the cameras. It was me that done it and I take full responsibility for my actions. But um, as I said, West Ham is right up there, you know, for that sort of 15, 16 months, you know, that period that I got gold and I was mm. in a great place, great lads, good spirit, top manager in Harry um, was the happiest I'd been in my career I have to say that amazing well we're looking forward to the future now with West Ham um, <laughs> one question are we going to stay in the Premier League this season I didn't think so I didn't mm. think so six weeks ago I thought you were in real real big trouble you know I was, I've, I've been at a few of your games this season I was at the the Arsenal home game and I watched you draw at Swansea I think mm. it was a nil-nil yeah, it was. and I just thought you didn't have that he didn't have that threat going forward. You know, um, Kevin Nolan was obviously missing his big pal. Andy Carroll, Andy's come back and he he just gives you a different dimension. You know, people were talking about the West Ham long ball. They don't mind. Fans don't mind. You have them long ball now, long ball now because you've got, you've got an end product. If it's a good quality ball into the front man, Andy Carroll's getting a one, two, three and he's unplayable. Mm. He's very much like Duncan Ferguson. You just cannot could cope with him so that's the way Sam wants to go you know whether the fans are still with him I'm sure I'm sure they've changed their tone slightly because you've climbed the league a little bit but mm. um, I didn't think so six weeks ago I thought you were bang in trouble I thought West Ham for me they can't win a game they can't mm. score a goal alright keeping clean sheets here and there defending okay but no threat you know goals win your games mm. and uh for well, them four wins that you've had, I think you're out of danger. And I think credit to Sam, credit to Andy Carroll, who's come back and give the team a massive lift. Credit to Nolan, who's responded well from his two sending-offs. Mm. He's actually he's actually acted like a captain. He's stood mm. up to the plate, you know, and he's done well. He got goals for you. So I wouldn't have thought it a month ago. I think you're out of trouble now, and I think you're safe, more than safe now. Excellent. Great stuff, John. Well, I mean, certainly as West Ham fans, I don't remember you for that Eilberkovic uh, kick. I remember you for all those great goals and, you know, nearly becoming top scorer in the Premier League and all those great, great nights down Upton Park under the lights, including your days. Yeah, yeah, only good memories. And so thank you yeah, for all no those worries, memories. Boys. John, you're a proper star. It's an honour to speak to you. Absolutely. Take care, boys. All the best. Good luck all with everything. Nice Thanks again. Cheers. Bye-bye. 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 So that was John Artson. Chalks. Four memories? Fond memories, Corey can fucking talk, can't he? <laughs> <laughs> what a yeah. nice man. Yeah, yeah, really nice fella. 
he was uh, he was 15 minutes late so I think he wanted to really make an effort for us Man, he was fantastic he's another one you hang off every word I think yeah interesting um, to hear what he has to say interesting that also that he thought we were finished yeah a few weeks ago but yeah. now well we we all did it's <laughs> <laughs> nothing yeah. new it's yeah. insightful um, what yeah. a lovely bloke yeah amazing mm. and it, what I actually have you know if you think about the strikers we've had such fond memories of him and Kitson mm. and then you yeah. know before that you kind of got Cosimo McAvenny there's not loads of partnerships we've had, we've had over the years that you think yeah no, you think amazing. back and think yeah. wow they were brilliant together yeah. he thought a lot of um, Kitson didn't he yeah. yeah interesting I never saw Kitson as being someone that was sort of that quick or anything but he was seemed very um complimentary about his speed and his awareness and and also more damning evidence about Monco it's piling up little winkle we've got, we've got yeah. him on the show soon got so uh, we will we will <laughs> investigate yeah okay well let's deal with some other West Ham news firstly Ravel he's on 5 QPR at the moment isn't he what, what we could do with him another goal but it's, against mm, quite average championship sides right, we yeah. should remember that found his level uh, but I mean that finish yeah. that finish against Middlesbrough was incredible the way he took that he just threw his left foot right across goal you I don't, don't I don't watch red nap matches really yeah. oh, he's a great man Chris has a genius <laughs> <laughs> a friend of mine at work he's, uh, his best mate was getting a train back from Newcastle and, and red nap was on the train and he had a picture with him and he, red nap was really pissed uh, really yeah more insight so he drinks he's one of the lads as well Chalks oh, can I, how much does he twitch when he's pissed <laughs> I think it drops maybe it calms him yeah, down yeah it calms him down glass of rouge um, so you, I'm surprised by that you don't want Ravel back at all you're not, you're not interested in that um, I just don't think he's don't think he's a West Ham player okay James feel similar uh, I think he's play. He shows up when they're playing against average teams in the championship. He hasn't shown up in a few matches. Mm. Okay, when they're coasting, he plays really well. It'll be interesting right. to see how he does the rest yeah. of the season. I mm. think the summer's going to be interesting for that man. Yeah, uh, Dickhead Watch, Chico Flores. So I just like to add this in. So he was at fault for all three goals. That's <laughs> one he conceded, and that was horrible. amazing. Really? <laughs> Do people still give him shit on Twitter? I haven't. Uh, the rib man does great but he was at fault if you watch uh, watch yeah. Swansea highlights he was at fault for every one of the goals every one was from him it was brilliant oh, great he's great so let's uh, like uh, just tweet <laughs> Chico Flores now like and just tell him what a twat he is <laughs> that would be a nice thing to do I'd love to I'd love to introduce him to Billy Bonds as Harry Redknapp's long lost brother and, and then just yeah. get him smashed it was brilliant on one of them he went all the way up for attack he, he, he went legging it up because they, they broke and he went legging it up hoping to get the ball and then it broke back the other way and he kind of jogged back and then it went through to Lukaku and he was kind of two yards behind him and he just tapped it in oh. I was like yes Chico Flores you are shit maybe, maybe <laughs> so many people hating him was giving him like, really bad juju three yeah. goals, all three yeah. goals wow. and watch us watch sign him in the summer right Chico Flores yeah. I, I love his think, hair I always think like fans shouldn't get involved with transfers and say I like I remember when uh, Freddie Canute everyone was like no he can't come back and then he went to Seville and was top scorer in La Liga and I thought God, mm. why didn't we all just shut up but Chico Flores I would put my foot down El Hadjouf no. no even that El Hadjouf didn't no, mind that that's come back no, no, we were in the championship at the time, were we? I think we would have been. No, 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 no. Really? No, Mr. Oh. Gobby. All right, we'll leave that then. Cockney Hammer, bowlingbadges.eu. So he's got a website. Uh, essentially, Cockney Hammer collects uh, badges with the hammers on, from um, with the crosses on from across yeah. Europe. 
and it's just quite a good website to look through. They, they mean loads of different things from different countries. Uh, so I just said I'd mention it. So it's bowlingbadges.eu. Okay. Uh, if you like that world, get involved because it's a good website. Excellent. And he's a big forum. A good lad. Man. Yeah, yeah, huge face in the forum. So check it out. Bowlingbadges.eu. Um, 26th of April, Abseil down the Bobby Moore stand. Yeah, so this is the rib man who's been on a podcast. Yeah. He's doing um, for Bobby Moore Cancer Research Fund, um, the Just Giving uh get on justgiving.com forward slash teams forward slash bobby moore abseil and yeah. he's abseiling down the bobby moore sand on the 26th of april quite a few west ham fans are doing it um, wicked so if you've got any pence left over Sling chuck it away. uh but it looks quite good fun actually yeah yeah <laughs> and john i was looking at john joe because he's doing it as well a ridiculous amount of money he's raised i mean mm. a brilliant amount of money like it's like one hundred and fifty thousand or something amazing he plays football at the same club as my one of my kids yeah, yeah. amazing what, what, a, what a kid um, I know they'll all go. one other little bit of news apparently uh, there's a match against Liverpool a week after the season ends in Mauritius what just like, a, like a, weird yeah, just a summer at West Ham that's bizarre yeah right? a week after yeah uh, yeah well, who'd you get that off uh, Chaz to us no that's Chaz from no, no that's from um, at, at Philippe Auclair what did Big Sam say play a role in the title race there you go play a role all this talk of raw Mauritius oh. Chaz to us Mauritius wow. amazing <laughs> Chaz to that, that would be messy um, all this talk of the rib man has just made me really hungry I've got my film my stomach no, around me I, have you got I, your have you got, got your sauce yet I got my I got my sauces you'll have to cut this bit out <laughs> <laughs> I, I got my sauces <laughs> no chance I marinated some um, ribs last yeah. week and they were delicious but trust me don't have the ribs I washed my hands three times don't have but the ribs and then no, no, no worse than that have a wank oh my oh, god what the fuck <laughs> tell me we can keep that in the firework tell me we can oh, keep that in you can keep it in but trust yes. me trust Jesus me Christ. my what life a, oh fuck what a me, window in your soul a, that is a danger wank <laughs> yeah strangely erotic wow <laughs> the mate. burning sensation is usually yeah. cystitis no it's the rib man <laughs> I, he owes me rib it, man yeah it wasn't him doing it was it Fortune on cream. Is that? He's raising money for charity. So like two different ways there. Wanking on shorts. off shorts for charity. Sport, sport relief. Chalks yeah, relief. Relief. Yeah. relief. Chalks relief. Bring it on. That's next uh, year. Let's deal with some predictions quickly. So we kind of touched on Hull a bit. Sunderland away. Liverpool home. Chalks. Out those three games. Sunderland, uh, Hull at home. Sunderland away. Liverpool home. Results please. 4 0 Wednesday. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Andy Carroll will get two. Yeah. Um, Sunderland. We will win 1 0. Yeah. Monday and night. Liverpool away. will beat us 5 1. 5 1, fuck. Be but we'll be safe by But we'd be, ha- we'd be happy days, yeah, wouldn't it? Yeah, I'll we'll take be, we'll be safe by then. James? Uh, You've gotten wrong last few weeks. Safe, sure. safe bet. I'm going to go for four. I th- I'd be really happy with four, actually, at least three matches. I'd so be like, really happy with four. A win against Hull and a point against Sunderland and a loss against Liverpool. Yeah. Okay. You know, you know, you know what? Actually, we had that Chelsea away, which is the only one of the big teams we've actually had a fight against. We are due one more yeah. I think, before yeah, the end of the season. Liverpool. Yeah. I don't think it will be Liverpool, but we are due one more before. I the think end it'll the be season. Arsenal if anyone. Yeah. I can't want Liverpool to win the league in a weird way. No. I don't really want any of the rest of them to win it. No. I don't want anyone to win the league. Can, Can anyone, anyone not, not win it? <laughs> <laughs> Possible for no one to win it. Um, I think Hull. I mean, it f- makes me feel a bit sick. Like cause that game is so important. But you have to say we're going to win that. And Matt, I'll be pessimistic and say we'll lose the other two. But I think when's, when's the cup semi final? 
Um, Somewhere. April, isn't it? April. Yeah. Well, obviously it's April. Hopefully, it's the April, beginning yeah. of April because yeah. um, you know maybe it'd be nice if they start yeah. to get an eye on that. Yeah, because they're safe, really, aren't they? Yeah, excellent. All right, and then well, if if Chalks is right, then we're a long way to safety. Excellent, Chalks. Thank you very much for joining us. Pleasure. Do you want to um, promote your Twitter? Uh, no, because no, I'm about to get a load of abuse get, about masturbating. To yeah, hot sauce masturbation. <laughs> All your hot sauce <laughs> masturbation tweets will be on yeah. chalks. Don't knock it till you tried it. Right. Thanks. It's a tip for your listener, yeah. <laughs> Excellent stuff. Uh, James, thank you very much for joining us. Pleasure. You can follow James on Long As One. You can follow myself, Chris, on CJ Skull. That's Skull with a C. You can follow Graham Howlett, who's on Twitter at KUMBDOTCOM. The KUMB Facebook group exists. That's the thing you can join. There's also the KUMB forum. And there is podcast at KUMB.com. Also review and rate on iTunes. That's everything. Done. Um, Thanks very much for listening. We'll speak to you, hopefully, after we've got two good results against uh, Sunderland and Hull. In the meantime... Come on, you guys.